Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 95. My guest today is Carrie Silverhorn, and Carrie is an RV technician and an inspector. She is going to come on and tell us today all the steps that we need to do and what we need to know about winterizing our RVs. So I know there is a big storm that is heading towards parts of the country this week. The temperatures are going to get below freezing, so the timing couldn't be better for this topic. So as I mentioned, Carrie is an RV technician and an inspector, and I actually had her do some work for me this year on my RV. She came in and did a quick fix on my refrigerator, and it was so seamless. I highly recommend Carrie if you need any work done on your RV or if you need to get an inspection of an RV you're considering buying. Be sure to listen through to the end. Uh, Carrie has a free gift for you that you can get. Uh, but first, let's hear in from our sponsor. And just want to remind everybody that if you are considering joining the WINS Wandering Individuals Network, this is the last week through the end of this month where you can take advantage of the special Solo Women RV listener discount. One of the things I'm asked about the most in my solo community is how to connect with and meet other women to travel with. That is why I am excited to have the Wandering Individuals Network as a podcast sponsor. WINS is an RV club for solo travelers of all genders who caravan together in everything from big class A's to car campers. They've got exclusive itineraries where you can hop in and out in places like Mexico, the Southwest, Florida, the Pacific Northwest, and more. And for the month of October, Solo Women RV podcast listeners can receive a $10 discount off a yearly membership. So join today at windsrvclub.com and enter the code SOLOWOMENRV at checkout for your discount. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Kathy. Good to see you again. My guest today is Carrie Silverhorn, and this is actually her second time being a guest on this podcast. So welcome back, Carrie. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, since we last talked, you've had a lot of changes in your life, um, and yeah. you have gone through and become a RV technician and RV inspector. So, yeah, yeah. and um, and I specifically asked you to come on today to talk about. I know I'm sitting here with a winter hat on. <laughs> um, it was 37 degrees this morning up here where I'm camp hosting. So winter is mm -hmm. on the way. Uh, even though it's still September as we're recording this, but um, I wanted to have you come on and talk about winterization tips for RVers. So thank you for coming on, Carrie. But before we dive into all that, why don't you just give us a little bit of an update about your background and training as far as um, RV, your RV technician training and all of that so that people know like what your credentials are. Sure. I, I think the last time I was on the podcast, um, we were just basically talking about 
work camping and um, me being a solo, solo female and, and being out there on my own and that sort of thing. And then it just transitioned. And the reason why it transitioned is <laughs> everything that was in my rig was breaking <laughs> or uh. already broken. And I couldn't find anybody to help me. And I mean, I had some, some pretty crass answers. One, one person told me to set it on fire and send it down the road. And, um, I was like, you know, I, if I can't rely on anybody, I'm going to do it myself. And, and the feeling of ick that came over me having to try to help, you know, get help and like bend arms <laughs> and pull teeth to get help. I didn't want anybody to go through that. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this myself and then I'm going to be able to help people and not make them feel stupid for not knowing mm -hmm. what they don't know. You don't know until you know it and not have them get taken advantage of and, you know, and teach them along the way, which is what I love doing. So, yeah, um, I took myself to, uh, to school and I was there for, about six months because I went into some advanced classes. So I'm also a generator technician and a solar uh, technician and installer. And then I went on to be an inspector. And um, I, I really dove all in so that I could learn every aspect of, of the RV. And of course, it's, it's an ongoing process. The minute I learn something, it's probably out of date. <laughs> you have to relearn something else again. So and every RV is different. So I was going to say there's so many different a, RVs out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's ongoing. So it, it is definitely a life life lesson or a lifetime full of lessons, um, which is which is nice. I really like that. Yeah. Lifelong learning. Right. So it keeps us young. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, great. So you finished your your schooling and do you have like certifications now? Yes. Yeah, I'm a I'm certified as an RV technician and I'm certified as a, gen, a generator technician, an RV installer, RV technician or solar installer, solar technician and a certified inspector. Wow. Awesome. Those are a lot of skills that I know a lot of women out here could probably benefit from. So, uh, and your company is called GSTRV. And, yes. and I mean, we'll talk about this at the end as well, but um, if people are listening and want to know like how to connect up with you, if they have questions about their own solar or their own generators or that kind of thing, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, gstrv.com is probably the easiest way. You can also find me on Facebook. You can message me. Um, there's also a button on my website that you can directly text me. Oh, lots of ways. That's wonderful. All right. But today we're going to talk about winterizing. So let's yeah. start, let's start at with the very first thing is like, what is winterization and who needs to do it? Well, Winterization is, you know, just a preparation. And my my winterization that I'm going to talk about is probably a little different than most people have. It's a little bit more extensive. And so it, it involves a little bit of maintenance and a little bit of winterization as well. So it's good to do this on a yearly basis. But instead of just, you know, filling your lines with antifreeze and calling it good and putting it away there's some other things that you need to take care of that are a little bit more extensive and you'll be happy that you do. 
So um, I, everyone who needs to do winterization is somebody who is not going to be in their RV during the winter. That's not going to have heat on, it's not lived in, um, it's not being used, if it's being stored, um, anything like that, that needs to be winterized. Okay. So if I'm traveling, if I'm getting in my RV and heading down to Arizona, I don't need to winterize? No, you don't need to winterize. And it, if you are in a warmer climate, Florida, Arizona, Southern California, where it's not going to dip below freezing, then you don't have to winterize. Okay. So it's primarily to get ready for those freezing temperatures. Yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your steps to winterization. Well, first of all, tell us why we need to winterize if it gets below freezing. Well, the main, yeah, the main point for that is that, so you don't come back to busted pipes. And so all of the fittings in an RV are plastic. The pipes are plastic. Now the pipes themselves are pretty hefty, but the fittings that connect to them um, from pipe to pipe are not um, as robust and that's what breaks. So all the little plastic pieces will freeze and crack and break. Um, your water pump, your check valve in your water pump, that will crack all of the thin pieces. Um, that's what's gonna cause you problems. And then you come back and you have, you know, rotted floors and you have, you know, sanding water, you have ice on your floor and that sort of thing. And nobody really wants that. Also, part of the, my winterization is a full clean out of your pantry and your cupboards and your refrigerators and stuff like that, because you'll come back into rodents. And so um, that's another thing is to make sure that it is very much cleaned out so that you don't come back into any surprises. Nothing that was, nothing that, that is not named should be there. <laughs> That's Only you and your pets. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. So, so let's talk about it. You said your winterization is a little more extensive than some of the others. Why don't we start with the basics and then we will get into the extra steps that you take. So what is what are the basics of winterization and where can we get good information about the steps that we need to take? So the I have a checklist that I prepared um, that gives you everything step-by-step, step, even my additional steps on there. And then, but the basics is, you know, you're going to um, bypass your, your hot water tank. You're gonna drain your hot water tank. You're gonna run um, antifreeze, food grade antifreeze through all your lines um, until it comes out pink so that there's antifreeze in every spot in there, every pipe, every, coming through every sink it's coming through the outside shower it's in through your toilet it's in your drains you dump it down your sink it's in your p-traps on everything so that there's all the pipes are protected with antifreeze so why and, do we need uh, to use the, can i just interrupt for a second and ask why sure. are we using antifreeze instead of just draining all our pipes and getting all the water out because it just never works <laughs> there's always going to be um a little bit left in there um, especially in your water pump, your water pump, you cannot actually drain out completely unless you uninstall it. Um, and then that will bust. So you're going to have components that are going to bust. You're going to have, um, every little corner, like I said, the connections of the pipes, every little corner, every little P trap, every place that's going to hold a little pool of water is going to become a solid chunk of ice. Gotcha. So. And and I'm not one to recommend blowing out your lines. I'm more because it's 
it's going to be wet. They're, they're wet. They're made for water. To try to blow them out is going to be kind of an extra step that's not needed. Gotcha. Okay. So there's, there's kind of two philosophies out there. One is that you blow out your pipes and blow all the water out. And then the other is that you just drain your pipes and then you add this uh, special antifreeze, which is human grade, which means that it can go in your water pipes and then that will prevent them from freezing, even if there is a little bit of moisture still in them. Yes. Food grade pink antifreeze. Yes, I think I have an um, article on my website about the different kinds of antifreeze to use, and I will link to that in my show notes. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna drain our water. We're gonna add this antifreeze into any place where water is. So our fresh water, our gray water, our black water. What else are we gonna mm -hmm. do to winterize? Um, well, and my, my steps is. I make sure that you clean out the, the hot water tank. So before you do all that with, with following my steps, what I do is I pour distilled white vinegar in my fresh water tank. Now I have a gravity feed, so mine's a little easier. If yours has to be pumped in or whatever, then that's possible too. But I let the distill about two gallons of distilled white vinegar sit in my fresh water tank. And then I run it through calling for hot water on my, my faucets. I run it through my hot water tank and I don't have my tank on um, heated. I just have it sitting in there and I let it sit for about 24 hours. Then I go and I start dumping my fresh water tank and my, and pull the plug or the anode rod for my hot water tank. And you'll find that all that calcium, all that buildup, everything like that will come out of the hot water tank. So you've already done that step. So now you can bypass the hot water tank. You leave your hot water tank open leave the anode rod out you leave the plug out it's all drained and it's now clean so that's done then you start with your winterization process as far as the antifreeze and that sort of thing and once you've done that and you've run it through and all the pink is coming through all of your faucet shower outside shower you've dumped it in every drain plus your toilet and that's one of the places that's going to crack first is the back valve of your toilet mm, and so okay. that and your and your water pump are the two places that crack the most. Um, so you want to run that through. You want to turn on your water pump and run it through so that pink, you're seeing pink through the check valve. Um, it's got to go through everywhere. So and it's okay to run that running. pink antifreeze through your water pump. That's fine to run it through there? Yes, it needs to actually go through there. Yes. Got it. Okay. Because the check valve has a little clear... Um, cap on it with a screen inside that cap will snap and um, it's very thin and it'll crack real easily and that water stays in there all the time and so that needs to be that needs to go through oh i'm sorry i meant your water heater oh no not not the water heater you have already bypassed that okay so you'll distilled vinegar you'll clean that out then you'll bypass that and then your water heater is taken care of and now you're going to move on to the antifreeze so we don't put antifreeze in our water heater? No. And why is that? Um, it can corrode the anode rod. Um, it's not good for the heating elements, that sort of thing. And it just doesn't need to be in there. Um, it's just not good for the life of the water heater and the Got heating it. elements that are inside. Okay. All right. Sorry, I interrupted what you were, the rest That's of okay. the things you were saying. So after 
do that and you see pink come through all your pipes, um, I start in on cleaning. You clean out your pantry, you clean out your refrigerator, um, you give it a good scrub down, you make sure that you know all of the um, areas, the surface areas are clean under your cabinets, those type of things, because you don't want to come back to rodents. People will leave box goods in there, dry goods in there, rice in there, crackers. It's just an invitation for for mice and rodents to come in and nest. Any bedding that needs to be taken out and cleaned and stored, I do a lot of space bag stuff for my seasonal stuff, but I'm a full-timer. So you can also do that because if you have your comforter still on your bed and a rodent gets in, your comforter, they're going to rip that apart. They're going to use the bedding. <laughs> they're going to make a nest somewhere else. So a lot of times taking all that stuff out or space bagging it, and it's nice and fresh and clean. So when you open it up for next season, it's good. Um, insulated vent covers. You want to make sure that you put insulated vent covers in your skylights and your vents to help keep the heat in. Um, and then you want to do a roof check. Okay, so insulated Sorry. cover. So I have insulated cover for my skylight, but you said vents. You mean like the my um, vent that comes out of my toilet? I need to put a cover on that. No, like your um, your like your crank vents or your max air vents. Any of oh, any fourteen okay. by fourteen vents. Um, so you just pop those in there, and some you can make those or you can buy them. Um, but most people, you can make that with a, you know, a pillow and some different fabric and stuff and pop it in there. Um, but it, they're real cheap as far as to buy. But that helps hold the heat in so that it doesn't escape. And then also, as a deterrent, if something starts to leak, if a skylight cracks, somehow snow gets on there or whatever, it's going to deter the leak a little bit until mm -hmm. it becomes a big problem. Yeah. Okay. That's really smart. Thanks for that, for that tip. Okay. So we got our vents covered. What were the other things you were talking about? Um, and then you need to go up on the roof or have somebody go up on the roof for you and you need to do a roof check because if you're going to be getting heavy rains, um, a lot of snow, um, debris going to be on the roof, like leaves and that sort of thing, you want to make sure that it's in good shape before it takes that beating because if it's not in good shape and there's like a crack somewhere or there's sealant that's loose, you're going to have a big problem whenever you come in the next season. Um, so what especially are we looking if you for up there on the roof? You're looking for um, any breaks in the sealant, holes in the sealant, cracks in the sealant and the seams, um, cracks in your skylight. Any of those things you need to take into consideration and get those fixed before winter sets in because it's going to be a small trickle or a small drip and then you're going to come in and it's going to be a, a rotted ceiling or a big problem as it goes down your walls or anything like that. What if I have an, a cover over my RV? I bought one of those. It's a breathable fabric that fits over my RV. What if I have something like that? Those are good. Um, those are good, you know, to keep the debris and stuff off of there. I've seen a couple that have... Um, almost like pole tents or some tent poles or whatever underneath but it makes a dome shape so that the snow slides off on heavy snow areas anything like that is going to work well you just have to make sure that it's fastened the way that it's supposed to be fastened down and don't have any extra screw holes or anything that's going to cause a leak you know it, but if you're going to getting mass amounts of snow then 
generally you want that in some sort of a storage area where there's a hard shelled cover over it like a carport or a garage or a storage building um, snow will sit and it the weight of it um, most of these rvs can can't handle the weight of that snow and they'll start to buckle or cave or leak okay that's really good advice yeah uh, we don't tend to get a lot of snow where I store my RV in Oregon, but last year we actually did get a lot of snow. So um, you just never know. All right. So what else should we do then? Um, so we've we've got our water taken care of. We've checked our roof. We probably put a cover on. We're cleaning out our cupboards, getting all our bedding. And do you take everything out of your RV? Like what are some things that are safe to leave behind for winterization? That's really up to you. Um, you know, if you don't have to take all of your linens and your your towels and everything out, but if you want to just make sure everything's clean, um, you want to put back in there, it's all nice and and ready to go for the next season. Um, I do recommend, you know, some sort of maybe a Rubbermaid tub or something for anything that has batting in it, because if something does get in, that's what they're going to go for first is anything with batting in it. So pillows, cat bag, dog beds blankets those type of things um just make it as as critter proof as possible because they're going to also be looking for a warm safe place to go um and then the next thing you want to do is the underneath of your rv you want to do any maintenance on your lights um on your wheels make sure your wheels are good um you know and if you can have somebody do your bearings or have your bearings done that's a really good time to to repack your bearings so you would do Does that, that in the winter as, a, as opposed to in the spring? I would just do it as my yearly, my yearly maintenance. So okay. you're already doing all this stuff. You're getting it ready to sit. You might as well just do it right then. And that's up to you. Um, most people have a different cycle for something. They'll say, well, I'll just do that every January. And that's just what I think about. That's fine. But if you're going to go through and you're really buckling down and you're you're climbing on the top of the roof and you're ceiling and you're doing this, you might as well go from ground to, to ceiling. Yeah. Good to know. Alrighty. What else might I not be thinking about that we should be doing? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, you know, and then go through and you can wash and wax your RV. Um, that's also a good way to check for leaks. If you're spraying water on it on your own and you're spraying it on the seams, you're spraying around the windows, you're washing it all down, getting all the, the dead bugs off, you know, and that sort of thing. It also helps with rain deterrent if you've washed it. If it's a fiberglass one, you can wax it. If it's a stick and tin one, you can't really wax it. So just depends on what your manufacturer of your RV recommends as far as what's using on the outside of it based on what it's made out of. Um, and just, you know, give it a nice clean go. And then that way you can kind of see as you're spraying water around it, if you have a leak at this window that you need to fix right then. So it kind of lets you know um, kind of what's going on on some things. And, um, you know, you can get ahead of it before it's crappy weather and it sits there and continues to rain for four months. And then it becomes a real big problem. So that's really what I want people to get ahead of is just do the smaller things and the double checks before you come into something that's a big mess. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's great advice. Um, so for people who maybe don't stop traveling, who travel year round, and so maybe they're not doing some of the winterization stuff, 
do you still like when do you recommend they do some of these other tasks that are on your winterization list um i think as far as like cleaning out your hot water tank that needs to be a yearly thing um, or as needed because some places have different type of water hard water um, sulfur water and that sort of thing so you'll you'll see if your water starts to smell then you need to clean that out so that would be a good thing to do um, a lot of times if i'm traveling and i know i'm going to be traveling i will go ahead and put the distilled vinegar in my fresh water tank and then run it through my hot water tank by calling for hot water and then i'll travel and then i'll just let that thing slosh like crazy and then i will clean it out once i get stationary so um, I, I have it's, a, it's, you can dump it on the ground because a clarifying question about that am i adding that to the water or am i just putting two gallons straight yeah. in there okay so what's my ratio then yeah. um you know i'd say a, probably a two to one you want it very very vinegary but you know you want the vinegar to be pretty potent in there and you just want to run it through enough to where you smell it and it just sits in there because it's just going to eat all that stuff off. Okay. But so you don't want straight vinegar in there. So, yes. All right. So, about two gallons of vinegar and four gallons of water. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I was thinking I was going to run it straight through. So, I'm glad we clarified that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And then also just, you know, checking your um, roof maintenance is going to be something also. If you are full-time and you're not going to be shutting it down for the winter, then you probably need to look at your wintertime appliances. So you need to do maintenance on your AC, get that all cleaned, ready to be kind of put to bed. And then you need to, you know, look for mud dauber nests in your exhaust for your furnace. You need to maybe blow out your furnace, um, run it, run it through, test it, make sure it's firing up good, you know, just make sure that you have that going if you're going to need your furnace. Um, if you're going to winter or warmer climates where you're not going to use any of that and you're still going to be using an AC most of the time, then I would do, you know, some maintenance on your AC, um, clean out the coils, um, you know, just make sure there's no debris in there, there's no bugs in there, and just make sure that it's it's nice and good to go for another another use of season. So Carrie, is that something I could do myself or is that something you'd recommend getting a technician in to take care of? Um, you can absolutely do that yourself. Um, so as far as cleaning an AC, you just climb up there, take the cover off. Um, we use a, uh, a non, um, non, no rinse foam, an AC cleaning foam. You spray it down, you take off all the, all the, it kind of looks like dryer lint, sort of, <laughs> it mats up on your coils, take off all that, you know, um, and then you just clean it and you use the little bristles on the brush to kind of straighten out your vents a little bit and just, you know, get it as clean as possible. And then just let that evaporate, put your cover back on, make sure there's no nest in there. A lot of times mud daubers will love that area there. And that'll give you a chance to look and see if there's anything going on with your AC. If there's a leak in your hose, you'll see like kind of an oil substance and a bunch of dirt and dust. You'll know that you'll need to have that replaced if there's any burnt wires up there. So it's just kind of an overall check. And then once you see something that probably needs to be addressed, 
um, then that's when you would have to call a technician. Okay, that makes sense. And then the same thing for your furnace. Now, I know that one spring I went out and first time I turned my furnace on, my carbon monoxide detector came on and that was basically what you described. There was mud daubers in the vent that was preventing um, the proper airflow. So I had a carbon monoxide buildup inside my RV, which was pretty scary to have that detector go off. So um, where where will we look for those nests? So on the outside of your RV, there's going to be a silver Sometimes they're two on top of each other. Sometimes it's just one, but it's like a silver um, port and it kind of has like a, almost looks like a off Mercedes symbol, sort of kind of a three prong deal there. That's going to be your vent for your exhaust for your furnace. And um, you just can take the cover off that slides off, clean that out. You can even get it like a little hook in there and did it get it dislodged or wire hanger and get it dislodged and pull it out blow the rest of it out with the air compressor just to make sure that there's nothing in there that's going to be hindering the exhaust. Um, Also, whenever you drop the cover for your furnace, you want to give that maybe a quick blow through um, because even a small spider web in front of your gas port will prevent your gas from lighting. so that needs to all be clear. And the, and the gas port is like, it, it's an extreme pinhole that it seeps out for it to light. So that all needs to be cleaned out and good. And um, just really, honestly, it's just a check to make sure that there's nothing that looks fried, charred, um, broken, any of that stuff too. And then that way you'll know if it needs to be placed or anything needs to be fixed on it. Yeah, that's good advice. I was told once that the spiders are attracted to the propane and and they, for some reason, like to build the nests around the propane. Something about it attracts spiders. A lot of insects are very attracted to a lot of the fluids that are in here, um, especially in your refrigerator, um, the propane, obviously. And then they love the warmth and the cool of your AC, like wasp and mud daubers they love that so and then also you mentioned um carbon monoxide detectors that's another thing that i would do yearly is to look at those you can pull those uh, unscrew those from the wall and they're usually hardwired in but you can look on the back and on the back it gives you the date and those are only good for five years after five years they will no longer work so if they're always squealing or they're not squealing at all no matter what um, they're done for and they need to be replaced. Gotcha. All right. So what else should we be doing as we get ready for winter? Um, really, other than that, it's just your tires. Check your tires. Make sure that they have good tread on them. If you're going to be storing them for the winter, you want the proper air pressure in them. You want to make sure that your tires um, have good chocks on them or wheel locks and that your jacks are down. And everything's stable just because of if you're going to get some snow on top, you don't want anything to buckle or go one way or the other. You know, you can check your um, awning to see if it's in disrepair, if it needs to be maintained um, for the next year. Um, And then also back to tires, if you're going to be moving to a warmer climate, you're going to be driving you want to make sure that you have good tread, good tire pressure, make sure they're aired up, 
um, that everything is, is good to go for you to be on the road to get to your next destination. Got that. You know, I've, I've wondered about um, air pressure uh, in the tires because my tires say one thing, but then my RV recommendations say something different. So just curious for you about when I'm, and then some people are like, well, when I, when they go to add the, they ask me, well, do you want what's recommended or do you want above or below? And I'm like, wait, how do I know to, how to answer that question? Um, you may not have the right size tires that are recommended for the RV. They may have put bigger tires or something on there. Um, so when the, the recommendations come from um, on your tag, it's from the chassis manufacturer. So the chassis manufacturer, whoever makes that Ford or Dodge or Mercedes or whomever, they're the ones who make that with the right tires in mind. And then the other manufacturer that comes in, uh, Grand Design, Thor, whatever, builds the box on top of the chassis. So if someone's come in after Mark said, I don't like those tires, I want different tires and put different tires on there, then those tires are going to read, you know, 80 PSI where the other ones were 65 PSI or something like that. So um, you go with what is recommended for your tire. Okay. So, you know, I obviously my RV is uh, a few years old and I've replaced the tires on them many times. So when I replace the tires and I'm going to go by what the tire says, not necessarily what the RV says, because who knows what tires are on that when it was originally built. Right. You just want to make sure that the tires that you have on there now are rated for the weight for the gross right. weight yeah. that your um, RV is doing. So you want to make sure that they're um, able to handle more than if they beefed them up, then they're able to handle more weight, but not less weight. So. Got it. Okay. What about covering the tires? Do you recommend that in the wintertime? Yes. Yes, I do. Because um, the U that's for UV protection so that you don't get cracking on the dry on the walls, side walls of the tires. So that is, I, I used to think that that was kind of a vanity thing <laughs> before I started learning all this stuff. I was like, oh, look at all these people all bougie with their fancy wheel covers. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually a, uh, it's for the longevity of your tire. So um, yes, that is a thing. And even if when you're sitting someplace stationary for long periods of time, if you're in direct sunlight, you want to make sure your tires are covered because that keeps them healthy for the long, you know, the length of the tire, they extends it. Yeah. Tires are expensive. Yes, they are. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you, Carrie, for all of this. Is there anything else that I, that we didn't get to that we wanted to talk about as far as winterization is concerned? No, I mean, I, you know, as far as the season's changing, um, if you're full time, this might be a fun time to, you know, revamp your your little living abode um you know you might be able to do a couple of projects you've always wanted to do um you know maybe repaint the cabinets give it a refresher um change out some decorations some throw pillows and stuff like that make it feel a little bit more fall or wintery mm -hmm. um and then if you're putting it away um it might be a good time to like 
you know, take out the toilet and put another one in or, you know, all the, the bigger projects that you've maybe wanted to be doing. And so you, you before you start cleaning it all out, this might be a really good time to kind of dive into some of those things and, yeah. um, you know, get it ready for next season. Awesome. Well, Carrie, I know that you do um, mobile repair and also mobile inspections. And so if people want to get in touch with you and get more information, where can we get in touch with you? Um, at GSTRV, and that is G as in girl, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, it stands for Gypsy Soul Travel, RV.com. And there is a button there that you can text me. Um, you can email me. Um, or you can message me on Facebook. You can find me, Carrie Silverhorn. I'm the only one there. And you can always message me on there. I do respond very quickly to my messages. So any questions or anything, I don't do a whole lot of diagnostics over the phone. Um, I do have a virtual diagnostics that I do um, where it's, I can do a video call because it's very hard to diagnose something over the phone. But if I do a video diagnostics and I can hear something tick or not tick or click mm -hmm. or not click or see what it's doing, then I can give a better understanding and uh, then try to find somebody who can help in that situation or tell you how to fix it if it's something that's easy to be fixed. So oh. I work with people on that as far as training them to do as much as they can on their own. That's great. That's very empowering also. And um, I think you also said that you have a winterization checklist that people can download from your website. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, you would just uh, fill in your email address and click get my checklist and then it will be sent to you. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for all of this, Carrie. It's always great to see your face and to chat with you um, and to have you on. So thanks so much. Anything else before we we say goodbye? Nope. Just have a good season and happy trails. Thank you. Hopefully I'll see you out there sometime soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. I would like to thank Carrie again for coming on and sharing all of her expertise with us. And if you want to download the free winterization guide that she talked about, you can find that at gstrv.com. You'll see a big button there that says, get my free winterization guide. And if you want to listen to Carrie's original interview, that was over on episode number four. And I will add the link to that interview down in the show notes. Thanks again for listening in. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.